Good saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Today is Thursday, October the 7th, and we gather around the inspired and true Word of God and put on our Christ goggles with Leviticus chapter 20. Yes, we are getting towards the end of Leviticus, and I was talking to a pastor recently about how you, if someone's new to the faith or they have a commitment to read the Bible, they will get through Genesis, they'll get through Exodus, and if they're lucky, they'll get to Leviticus, and by the time they get to chapter 20, if they're lucky, they might stop. But the reality is, chapter 20 has so much richness to it for us to be able to see how the Lord prepares us to be holy. He prepares us to live not like others, but to live as his holy people. And that's what he does for the Israelites today. We hear of what holy people don't do, which also obviously relates to us today. How are we as children of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ live as his holy people? Today we'll find out for the gifts are ready ready for you. Thy Strong Word is graciously underwritten in part by our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Visit LHF Missions for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word this morning, we welcome regular guest Pastor Curtis Dieterding of Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Pastor Dieterding, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. And thanks for having me back. I'm, uh, I'm having a, a great day down here. How's it going with you? Oh, it's, it's a great day. It is a great day. The kids, uh, uh, how you say it? I, I have, I've said I have four children, and they all did well on tests yesterday. It was kind of like uh, all four of them did well. So it's it's even better day. They slept better. I I, I slept better, and uh, and we're just plugging through. So tell me, what else is going on for your family and the work of the saints at Zion? Yeah, you're you're uh, definitely uh, sharing some wonderful blessings when all the children are doing well at school. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, well, our our youngest daughter has uh, actually begun her studies at Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota this this fall. Mm. So we ran her up there at the beginning of September, and uh, that's why we weren't available last month. We were we were making that journey up there at that time. So, and uh, so she's all settled in. She's having a great quarter so far from what we here and also uh, still have one here at home too who's uh, going to college down here and in, in southwest florida so and doing well and uh, it's been good it's been very good so what is your daughter studying at concordia st paul she's studying a lutheran classroom teacher as a program so that's uh, what she hopes to be someday and uh, she started in uh, uh, social services and then uh, decided as she was working with our preschool here also as a part-time job that she started to really develop a heart uh, for teaching and especially with uh, the folks that she works with here at our in our early childhood center so yeah it's good to see how the lord worked through all that Absolutely. Here's a little plug that I want to throw out for your daughter. This is for her to consider and for you, our listeners, to know. Uh, before COVID hit, I had the honor and privilege of being able to visit our international schools in uh, China and also in Vietnam. And we also have an international school in Hong Kong. And one of the great opportunities for any young person who wants to be a Lutheran school teacher is to find a way to do their teaching uh, internship or uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, student teaching 
overseas and also a great opportunity in the future for them to teach in a uh, obviously a different area, but a wonderful ministry opportunity and mission that we have in Shanghai, uh, China, in Hanoi, Vietnam. And I'm not sure the town in uh, Hong Kong, but it's a wonderful ministry and wonderful people overseas. So remind your daughter if she pursues that and goes for that, because the head of the, let's see now, the director of the uh, early childhood center in Shanghai is a CSP graduate that I knew. So it is possible. And it is maybe you don't want your daughter to go to overseas. You know, he's also the, <laughs> he's also the son of uh, the parents who actually are members of my congregation. No so way. She's uh, yeah. So she's been, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lou and Michael Weber uh, are actually members here at my church. And That's too good. Um, she was That's also in good. touch with them as well. So she's pretty, pretty familiar with that as well. So well, yeah, there great. you go. There's that's a great. surprise. <laughs> there it is. Small world, small world. But it's one of the great joys. And I remind her to our listeners to pray for our, our all of our Lutheran schools, pray for our international schools overseas um, as they witness to Christ. And also um, pray for Pastor Dieterding and his family and his, uh, their, his children as they go through college. But Pastor, right now, as we are looking at Leviticus chapter 20, can you begin our time in prayer? Gracious God, your word does teach us every day about your will for us and our relationship with you and our your will for us and our relationship with others. We pray that all of those who are teaching uh, here and in the United States and around the world as as Lutheran school teachers and educators, that you would continue to be with them in their work, uh, that uh, many more will come to know Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, that they might grow in the grace that is ours in this wonderful word of truth that you give to us. And today we we come to that word of truth uh, that says to us that we should therefore keep all your statutes and your rules and do them. And we know that when we fail, that there is uh, Jesus who has kept this law perfectly uh, all the way through for us, even fulfilling all your will on the cross, that we might uh, be able to receive that wonderful gift of forgiveness of sins and the strength that that gives us to continue to seek your will each and every day. Bless us in our time together in your word as we grow in our faith through your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we look at Leviticus chapter 20, if you have any questions concerning this text or throughout Leviticus, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or call us, 314-821-0850. 314-821-0850. Now, Pastor, as we look at Leviticus chapter 20, you know, we've gone through a lot of Leviticus already. We still have a number of chapters to go, but there's a lot that can be covered looking at themes. Today, chapter 20 had a whole lot more in it than I expected. So how do you want to start us off on the right foot today? Well, I think I think just when we look at this, we need to understand that this was the time. I mean, this was a this was a time in history that uh, was not one of the better times in the history of the people of God. In fact, um, it, it's hard to imagine some of the things that we're going to hear in this chapter were actually going on among the people of God. And so um, it's it's got some strong it's got some strong language here uh, from God as far as especially the punishment of these uh, particular sins that were going on at the time, and uh, they were an atrocity uh, to him. And so um, we're going to uh, 
I love how you said at the very beginning, we're going to put our Jesus goggles on, because yeah, yeah. uh, in order to get through this um, and to try and understand it uh, from this side of the cross, uh, to, to look at what that meant at, at that time in history for them and for the people of God and, and in their relationship with God as a whole. And that's why it's good for us to always remember when we read the Bible, the Bible is not a book of all this wonderful, uh, holy living that was happening. They were surrounded by sin, just like us. And in some ways, when somebody says like, well, you know, it's just not like you used to be. It is really, really sinful out there. And I think we can agree with that. But also we can look at something like today and go, it isn't like that, though. Um, so let's re- let's keep our let's keep our perspective on let's keep in the word and and so forth because um, maybe you haven't seen nothing yet until you read Leviticus chapter twenty. Um, but once again, it shows us more and more why we need Christ and how far sin can go, and even more the depth of our Lord's love for us and how far He is willing to go. Anything else, Pastor? Before we begin, no, I think that that, that pretty much wraps it up. All right, so we're looking at Leviticus chapter 20. We'll be reading from the English Standard Version of Holy Scripture, and we'll begin with the first five verses. And as Pastor said, it starts right off with something that's really unimaginable for us. Verses 1 through 5. The Lord Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Say to the people of Israel, Any one of the people of Israel or to the strangers who sojourn in Israel who gives any of his children to Moloch, shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I myself will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he has given one of his children to Moloch to make my sanctuary unclean and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do at all close their eyes to that man when he gives one of his children to Moloch and do not put him to death, Then I will set my face against that man and against his clan and will cut them off from among their people, from him and from all who follow him in whoring after Moloch. So right away we have uh, a pretty explicit situation. Where do you want to begin? Well, you know, I mean, this is just blatantly against um, the commandments and especially against God in the very first commandment that uh, they're turning to. Uh, another god and uh, evidently there is some kind of connection between the sacrifice of a child and uh, either uh, there must be some kind of blessing there with Moloch I did not read into the into mm-hmm. the uh, uh the blessing of what would result as a result of giving your child to this god but um you you have uh, you know, you were saying that this is hard for us to imagine. Well, I don't know that it is. I, I'm not sure that there's a lot of difference between what we're hearing here, except that there is a direct God being identified and what happens um, in the choosing of taking a life of, of one who's in the in the womb here in our country today. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, there's still we're still dealing with the same kinds of of, of, uh, of you know things that that are an abomination to the Lord, and it's just uh, only in this case, there is a God that they're directing it at, and I believe there would probably be some benefit that they're being promised as well. 
And, you know, that's a great point when we think about the sins of today. We just might not see it in the same way when we read of how it's described here and, and, and how it's done today. And that's where, you know, as you say that, it really does bring grief. And another reminder for us and for you, our listeners, to pray. To pray as we look at the sins of the past and to see the sins that we have in our own lives. And that's why when we look at Scripture, there's one other example of this that I found, at least, in 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 3, where it was King Ahaz literally sacrificed his son as a burnt offering type of situation. And we don't really know exactly. It's just we just know Ahaz was not a good king in Judah in 2 Kings chapter 16. And so we see this. There obviously some benefit. And I tried looking that up also. A reminder if our listeners find anything about the benefit that they would receive to sacrifice their child. I, I, you know, I, maybe I don't want to know more about that, but it, but if there's anything that you find on Moloch and, and how that worked, uh, please send us an email. But, but looking at this, we realize that, okay, this is bad. This is very bad, but the implications for this man and those who follow him is even worse. And what were those implications? Okay, could you repeat that? Sorry about that. I'm sorry, did I lose you? Are you still yeah. there? No, I'm still here. Okay. Yep. So what, what were the implications for this man that sacrificed his child to Moloch? Well, in the eyes that, of God? That there, yeah, that, that, well, first of all, it's how God saw it. You know, I mean, he's he's seeing that it's like you're whoring. Uh, what, a, what a word. I mean, we don't even use that yeah. today to de- describe anything that you're actually, and, and God described his relationship like that quite often, you know, that we um, are like uh, in a marriage relationship with him. I mean, we should be very tight with just him alone and not going after other uh, gods. And so um, they would put him to death. I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's coming from that whole idea, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, you know, life for life here in this case, um, because this was a, this was a profane act. Uh, and it was an, an unclean act as well. So, um, yeah. And so it tells that, you know, if anybody does this, that he should be put to death and to be stoned to death. And this is a, you know, this is a common um, uh, way of uh, execution in the scriptures. So that's something that I know I wouldn't want. Uh, that's something that is very clear that that's one of the implications but also, it, it basically says, not only will you die, but you will be separated from me. I will set my face against him. And basically, uh, that he will turn his face from them as well. So this is pretty yeah, serious. Not just, not, is, not just against know. him either, against the entire clan that he's from. Right. All the people. Right. So it impacts everybody. You know, it, it, If one person does this, it impacts the entire uh the entire relationship of, of those who are connected to him. Now, that's a question. That's a good, I, I want to bring that back to us for a moment, is it shows us the reality of the sin that we associate ourselves with. You know, we'll, we'll use this a lot with our kids and say, well, you know, uh, you know, be careful who you have company with and, and so forth. But why is that important for us nowadays to think about who we have company with, whether you're an adult or even elderly or that you're a kid, it's always important. And why is that important, Pastor? 
Well, because we're all connected together as a family, and what impacts one impacts all of us. And uh, you know, we have this we have this love for one another within the family, and and uh, or at least a closeness within a family. And and that all gets disrupted whenever sin comes in. And regardless if it's sin against somebody else within that clan or within that family, um, when it when it impacts the one person, whatever happened, you know, whether it be with the government, with the their neighbor, with whatever happened, um, it's going to definitely uh, trickle down into the family and, and really create a lot of turmoil and division because that's what sin does. And uh, it will divide out um, even in families today whenever there's uh, something that, that was just absolutely atrocious, that uh, an atrocious sin that's been committed, um, it really cuts deep into the into the relationships of those around them. So I like how you started our time today. Well, you said really the issue right away is you have this God Moloch, uh, Moloch, whatever it might be, that that is, a, is an idolatry issue. For us, we, we've started a confirmation and often we will hit hard the Ten Commandments to start the year just so that we are all established. If any of you think that you're not sinners, let's go through this and and let's get the test out to make sure that you don't pass the test. If you think you pass the test, then there's no need for Jesus. And it's an idolatry issue. And we will see that throughout our time today. So, Pastor, I want to read verses 6 through 9. Because the first one is, if I want to have blessings in my life, I need to sacrifice my child. Which clearly shows that you don't follow the one true God who would not have you do that. If anything, God is the one who's willing to do that for you um, when it comes to uh, salvation, to give up his one and only son. That means you don't have to do that, or you shouldn't do that, or you shouldn't even think about that. And now we get to another idolatry when it comes to mediums and necromancers. So I'll read verses 6 through 9 and get your thoughts on the idolatry issue here. If a person turns to mediums and necromancers, whoring after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or, or his mother. His blood is upon him. So, Pastor, we have a clear, another example of, of idolatry. What's happening? Actually, there's about three or four things happening here, but what's happening in these verses? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's the uh, calling on the dead, you know, trying to get them uh, communication uh, of the dead. I, you know, it's kind of interesting because I never have ever, at least I can't remember in my studies, looking up the word necromancers, and and uh, so I did. And when I Googled it, I was, I was really surprised by the number of videos Video games that are out there that actually use this premise and um, actually talk about the whole of uh, you know of, of people coming up from the dead. Uh, I mean, it didn't totally surprise me because of uh, you know the the uh, the whole zombie uh, world out there as well. You know, just the we've got this real. Um, 
love for for the dead and and for uh, the calling up of the dead. And it's just kind of interesting that when you think of all of that, and you now we've now made it entertainment uh, on top of it, and, it and, the, and the Lord is asking that anyone who curses, I'm sorry, not curses, anyone who, who um, actually turns to mediums or necromancers, not that these folks are doing that, but I'm just saying uh, there's some pretty strong language here about that, uh, and enough to make me think twice about those games, you know, that I would be playing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, very interesting. And that's where we need to be. Um, we need to be equipped um, for those kind of things because, for example, you have a lot of young people, and and I know I <clears throat> I tend to kind of fall into this too because I I liked watching Walking Dead. I, I liked uh, I like zombie type movies and some of those thriller type movies. So I I'm not a guy who's like get rid of them all and don't do anything with it and and games and and all these kinds of things that that have zombies a part of it. So we do have to be better equipped to show that, for example, the movie Ghost back in the day. Oh yeah. Um, that 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 movie is very much so assuming that this is an okay practice. Well, Whoopi Goldberg was a, you know, what, you, uh, what a medium or whatever she was, is that it's something like, oh, that's such a good movie. And you say, yes, but the hope is in God, not in hopefully maybe the person who's passed, you can still communicate with him. Because the reality is, if it's not, um, God does not promise to work in that way. And therefore, you might be talking to a spirit. This person might have those powers. And this is could be a fascinating study for us um, here on Thy Strong Word or KFUO uh, to address, is it might be something that you are legitimately talking to, but God doesn't promise to be there. And if it's not from God, it's not from a good place. So I find that to be something that we have to be better equipped at to be able to discuss Maybe sometimes say, yeah, you can't play that game or you can't watch those movies or whatever it might be because it becomes such a temptation. Any of your thoughts on that for us today and how strong this can be? Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on how much it starts to consume you and that you start to um, to actually uh, believe in, in these in these kinds of things that uh, that, are, that you're, you know, it, it, I, feel, I feel like there's always a, a lot of danger to uh, enter into uh, these things, especially when they were, they're being presented as entertainment. It's just you have to you have to really be careful to uh, uh, to not let it actually become a god to you and uh, mm-hmm. to actually start to become dependent upon that and all those things as well. So um, I, I did find it really fascinating that, that those four verses, you know, uh, mm-hmm. six through through nine, uh, um, you, you've got right in the middle, you know, first of it talks about mediums and uh, necromancers, and then it then it starts talking about curse, the cursing of father and mother, and yeah. uh, of course you would be put to death to do if you did that um and right in the middle is what it's interesting because uh, you know Luther kind of does this in his meanings to the to the 10 commandments as you know he'll he'll put down first how the commandment is broken and then he goes but and then he tells you how the commandment is kept <laughs> and right and right. so right in the middle of this we have uh, what comes after the but there in those meanings of the commandments you know to to truly you know 
fear and love and trust in God. So concentrate, consecrate yourselves. Be holy. Keep my statutes. I'm the Lord who sanctifies you. I'm the one who does that. Um, and I do it because of all these things that you're doing and all the things that are surrounding uh, those verses. It's really, it's just really interesting how that's set in there instead of mentioning both of the evils and then how we should live. But uh, that it's right in the middle of it uh, is really interesting. It is interesting. I caught that as well, because you're you're bombarded by, okay, don't do that. Don't do this. And right in the middle, and he says it again in, in verse eight, it says, I am the Lord Yahweh, your God. Right. And then he not only says, that's who I am. You better listen to me. You know, like if you might say that to your, your children, I'm your father, you should listen to me. But then he says, keep my statutes. I'm the Lord who sanctifies you means he makes you holy. He's the one who's going to help you through this. Now, Pastor, why is that important? I think verse 8 is even the continuation that really is vital for us as Christians. Why is it important for us to know that he's the one who makes us holy? Yeah, and that's and that's as close to to Jesus as we're getting in these passages, is that he's, <laughs> he's reminding us that um, if you're sanctified at all, if you're made holy at all, it's done through the work that he does. And, uh, you know, if you start um, already... Uh, pushing away from God's will and His Word to your father and your mother, who's, who's, who's being faithful to that Word. Um, you know, you, you've not only pushed yourself away from God, or from, from them, but also from God, and uh, surely all that will be left is death and death to you. And uh, especially if you're cursing your father and mother and have and want to be no part of them, and you, you're doing that to the Lord, who is, you know, Father of all, you know, God, your your Father in heaven. Um, so, yeah, this is this is really all tied together to uh, to to have respect, honor, and love for uh, not only uh, father and mother, but when you do that, it's also uh, respect and love uh, to God, keeping what His will is, His statutes. Um, and of course, uh, we all we all struggle with that, um, even in our you know in our sinful relationships with one another. But we pray that God would continue to sanctify us uh, through the through the work of what Christ has done for us in in His death and uh, resurrection, the hope that we have. And that's a, a great reminder for us as Christian people. Uh, we have about thirty seconds here before our break, and I wanted to highlight this, and then we'll get to our break is that reality that we want to live a holy life. That's the theme of Leviticus, really. Be holy as the Lord Yahweh is holy. And here it it tells us very, very specifically, the Lord is the one who makes us holy. So pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord that how can you honor your authorities better? How can you make sure you are fear, loving, and trusting in God better? That you are not following the ways of the world, even if it makes sense to them. But for us to live holy lives here in this life and also, obviously, with him in eternity. But right now, Pastor, we have a, we have some uh, not, not fun stuff, some pretty explicit stuff still to come for today. And as we have seen, Jesus will continue and we take our break. We're studying Leviticus chapter 20 and we'll be right back.
The mission field isn't just overseas anymore. It's right here in your own backyard. If English isn't the first language of your neighbor or friend, and you'd like to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them in their own language, contact the Lutheran Heritage Foundation at lhfmissions.org. LHF has translated and published the small catechism, children's Bible stories, hymnals, and devotions into 85 different languages and gives them free of charge to those who need them. lhfmissions.org. On this Thursday, October 7th, 2021, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Wayne and Elaine Muskoff of Belleville, Illinois, as they give thanks to the Lord for the blessing of marriage. Wayne and Elaine made a gift to KFUO Radio in thanksgiving to the Lord for his many blessings that he's bestowed on their family and in honor of their 60th wedding anniversary, which they're celebrating today. Thank you, Wayne and Elaine Muskoff, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. Spanish-speaking Lutherans bring the gospel to their family, friends, and neighbors. This September 15 through October 15, the Lutheran Church Missouri Senate celebrates National Hispanic Heritage Month. Visit lcms.org and learn about historical people and modern evangelists who bring the good news to 460 million people who speak Spanish as their native language. Los luteranos hispanos parlantes comparten las buenas nuevas con sus familiares, amigos y vecinos. Entre el 15 de septiembre y el 15 de octubre, las congregaciones de la Iglesia Luterana, Sínodo de Missouri, celebran el Mes Nacional de la Herencia Hispana. Visite nuestro sitio web, lcms.org, y aprenda sobre los primeros misioneros que sembraron las buenas nuevas en español y los evangelistas modernos que llevan el Evangelio a los 460 millones de personas que hablan español como lengua materna. And welcome back. We are studying and, and studying, excuse me, Leviticus chapter 20 with Pastor Curtis Dieterding. And Pastor, we, we ended our time looking at to looking to the Lord to make us holy. And that is especially important as we go to the punishments for sexual immorality, which is that the title in the ESV Bible, um, as we go look at verses 10 through 21. So, Pastor, I just want to make sure anything else you wanted to add in the first nine verses. Have we lost Pastor Dieterding? (laughs) Anyways, we'll keep reading. I'm just going to keep reading since uh, we'll get him back on the line. Verses 10 through 16. Verses 10 through 16 of Leviticus chapter 20. He's back. Pastor Dieterding? I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Okay, sorry about that. I can. Anything else you want to share in verses 1 through 9, Pastor? Um, not, not beyond what we've already talked about, no. Sorry. Got it. Okay, so let's continue on to verses 10. I'll read 10 through 16. If a man commits adultery with his wife, of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. If a man lies with his father's wife, he has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have committed perversion. Their blood is upon them. If a man lies with a male as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, and they shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. If a man takes a woman and her mother also, it is a depravity. He and they shall be burned with fire, and they may be no, they, that there may be no depravity among you. 
If a man lies with an animal, he shall surely be put to death, and you shall kill the animal. If a woman approaches any animal and lies with it, you shall kill the woman and the animal. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood is upon them. So as you said at the beginning, Pastor, there was immorality surrounding the Israelites. And I like how Dr. Kleinig in his commentary speaks about how the people in the promised land, which they were preparing to go to, were 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 bad tenants. You know, God is the ultimate landlord and they're bad tenants. So he's given them the whole list of rules to say, yeah, don't do these things. Um, these are relatively very explicit. What I don't know if you want to highlight any of them per se. Right. What is what is the uh, what's going on in this land at this time? Wow, there's a lot going on here sexually. I, I mean, just it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to hear all of these things. That the, these are the people that um, are of God, you know, and, and they're doing all of these things. It's like, how far removed can you be from? Um, the will of God at this point in your life. Not that we're perfect, but I'm just looking at these things, and I'm like, this is beyond even my imagination to to be able to think this way at all. And it's just, it's hard to understand how the people got to that point. Um, but again, I guess we can look, look around in our own world and see that, uh, you know, nothing has really changed within the world itself and around us. And of course, we're not talking about the world world here. We're talking about uh, God's people right here, and, and God is giving his statutes and his uh, laws, and he evidently needs to get very specific with them because uh, they're, not, they're not getting it, and and so he's making sure he hits all the bases on this one. Um, and of course, it continues on beyond what you just read, too, all the way down to verse 21 as well, with more um, situations of relationships and uh, how you can be sexually immoral with others. And so let's do this. I will read the rest um, to verse 21 and just cover some some uh, some realities for, for all of us is because sexuality is a very hot topic in our culture today. It is also something that we have a tendency to not speak about and then hope it just fixes itself. At the same time, there is always hope in Christ to live that holy life, even if there's temptations that, um, that are not holy. And so let's continue on verses 17 through 21. If a man takes his sister, a daughter of his father or a daughter of his mother, and sees her nakedness, and she sees his nakedness, it is a disgrace, and they should be cut off in the sight of the children of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness, and he shall bear his iniquity. If a man lies with a woman during her menstrual period and uncovers her nakedness, he has made naked her fountain, and she has uncovered the fountain of her blood. Both of them shall be cut off from among their people. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister or your father's sister, or that is to make naked one's relative. They shall bear the iniquity. If a man lies with his uncle's wife, he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. They shall bear their sin, and they shall die childless. If a man takes his brother's wife, it is impurity. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness, and they shall be childless. Right. So uh, looking at all these verses, Pastor, 16, excuse me, 10 through 21, there's obviously a lot of issues. How would you, how would you break that down? There's a lot to uncover. So probably try to keep it simple. Right. I, well, you know, I'm looking at this again. I, I just mentioned it a little while ago is that, you know, it's like he's not leaving anything out in case in case you were, you know, 
um, wondering if this is okay or that's okay or or with this relationship or that relationship. He's laying it all out there so that uh, he's trying to make it very clear that all of this is an abomination to him and um, it, it's deserving of death. It's deserving of being cut off. It's deserving of not having children. I mean, there's a lot going on here when it comes to the penalties and the and the punishment that's going to happen to those who engage in these kinds of sexual, sexually immoral relationships. And uh, it's really, when you look at all the different relationships that he mentions, it's within the family. And that's just, that's the, that's the most amazing part of this, is that it's all within the families um, with, I mean, they're, they're naming everyone from, you know, husband and wife to, to you know, other brothers and sisters and and their children and and uncles and it goes on and on it's like wow this is and, and and even with their animals you know i mean even with the animals that are in their uh possession as well um again you know it's it's uh, it's a very major disgrace to the lord as it should be for the people but but evidently uh, they are able to continue to live this way uh, in spite of what god's statutes are and same goes with with those of us who who also turn from any of god's statutes any of his laws and uh, turn against him it's just that this may be more appalling to those who've never engaged in these kinds of activities uh, it's easy for us to point fingers, but at the same time, you know, God feels this way about his entire law, and and as we continue to break it, and uh, that he wants us to stop, uh, because because this, ultimately it's the sin uh, that leads to death, uh, because it's it's because of sin that we we must die, and so um, it's all it's all tied in here, and. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. That's for sure. Uh, but I think it's very clear that uh, sexual immorality is not uh, is where, where God wants His people to be. And this is where uh, in chapter 20 is really seen as an appendix to chapter 18. Chapter 18 goes through this list even more um, than chapter 20, speaking about, you know, if you uncover the nakedness, which we would say is not just, oh, my, you know, my uncle came over and I happened to see him naked when he came out of the shower. We're talking, there was a, a sexual relationship with this person when you talk about that. At the same time, when somebody is sexually immoral with somebody, for example, uh, a, husband, a wife of like your brother or something like that, that it just doesn't affect you and that gal, but it also uncovers the nakedness of your, of your brother. And I found that interesting because it shows, as you said before, Pastor, that the sin not only affects me, maybe another person, but it affects the whole community. Any thoughts on that as he connects it to not only the person, and the people involved, but the other people involved who maybe weren't necessarily in the act. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, it, I mean, it, it happens within society. I mean, when when things are allowed in society, and, and, and that includes, um, you know, that are not punishable anymore. I mean, things that we're allowing today in our society are not punishable as they were um, just a few 
two, three decades ago. Um, and and the more promiscuous we are allowing our neighbors to be, uh, you know, to be without God's uh, law and His will in 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 our world, it's just only going to continue to get worse if we continue to do what we want to do in spite of what God's will is for us to do. And we know this as Christians. We know what God's will is. The world doesn't embrace that. Uh, not everyone in the world embraces a God or a God that, uh, like our God, who uh, finds us appalling. Surely, um, you know, I don't know how many gods there might be, though, in the world today that there's still uh, sexual practices that are connected to um, those gods. I, I, I really don't know, but I'm sure that uh, uh, wherever there's been a god, you know, that's going to be embraced by somebody and, and uh, you know, some kind of group or organization or cults or whatever are out there um, doing all kinds of things. And, and there are. There's, there's, uh, there's still... Uh, uh, the sexual orgies and, and groups that are out there today still practicing, and and we know that's going on in our world. It's not really that much different in 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 you know surrounding all of our communities here within the Christian faith. Uh, but this is this is the people of God. I mean, this is happening right there. The, their society, their the, the nations around them, have influenced them to to the point that they've turned away from all that God has asked them to do. And it, it, it could happen to us, too, um, unless we uh, truly continue to be in this Word like we're doing now and continue to, to rely upon God for His strength uh, to abstain and to push away from sin and to gain strength through the forgiveness and the love He's shown to us in Christ. And this is why it's important for us as Christians to be able to be able to speak about this clearly with compassion and to point to holiness. Because in our culture, as it was in this culture as well, there's a promise of if you just do this sexually, then you will find fulfillment, like a top 10 list that will say if you do this, this, and this. And the problem with those lists is there's no foundation to this list besides maybe a pleasure or um, um, excitement or change or new or whatever it might be. But as Christians, believing in the one true God that created man and woman in his image on account of Christ, that we are, for example, in our hymnal, when we have a marriage right, and, and, and I know you've read this too, Pastor, is that it speaks about marriage being the use, union of husband and wife, Adam and Eve, and all of that. And it says marriage was also ordained so that the man and woman may find delight in one another. Right. Which I, I found a fascinating addition into the, the holy matrimony part of the Lutheran service book on page 275, because it talks about how this is supposed to be done in holiness and honor. And it's not something to like, oh, woe is me. This is not this is not good. No, this is a delight. This is holy. Our culture says holiness, quote unquote, is really found if you're able to explore this, this and that. Where holiness for us is an understanding of the delight of a husband and wife enjoying one another sexually as God has ordained it, which is a delight, which is what it's said to see here very clearly. Any of your thoughts on that, Pastor? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when I, I heard that you were, you'd mentioned earlier that, that you were teaching your uh, your 
confirmation students mm-hmm. uh, the Ten Commandments right now. And when we get to the Sixth Commandment on adultery, when we are talking about this particular um, sin against the Lord, uh, I I always have on my test, you know, uh, true or false, you know, sex is against God's will. <laughs> and, of course, if they're not paying attention, um, they're only going to hear the parts about when God, uh, you know, when, when we're not practicing sexuality as God wants us to, that it, that it's wrong. Um, because it's not true. I mean, sex sexuality is given as a wonderful gift, really an ultimate gift uh, for those uh, who are married. You know, it's, and, it's, and it only belongs there between those two, a man and a woman, in that marital relationship. And, uh, and, and it can be a, a, an absolute wonderful gift and blessing uh, within that relationship. Anything outside of that, all these things that are mentioned here in this, these passages um, are really a curse to us. And so the God that, that, that we end up worshiping again is ourselves, you know, just as, as Adam and Eve did. They, they thought that they could, could do better and know better uh, than God himself. And uh, I'm sure that that's pretty much what we see uh, from every sin. It comes from the seat of our desires and lust from our sinful, from our sinful nature. And it's, it's not from God. Now, I want to highlight one more, um, one more thing with this is a few years ago, we worked with a, a ministry. It's, a, it's, not, it's not a Lutheran ministry, but it's a ministry in the Twin Cities called Outpost Ministries. And mm. their, their, their understanding is we work with the sexually broken and those who want to live holy lives but have temptations of otherwise. And specifically, they work a lot with those who um, are attracted to the same sex or tempted in other ways. And the leader of that is a guy named Dan Pumala. And Dan Pumala, he's a good Finn. Um, he grew up Lutheran. And one of our conversations, he says, you know, a lot of times we talk about how we want somebody to stop doing something. And he said, what we focus on because of what Christ has done for us, we focus on, um, on God wants more for us. Meaning right. that we might have that temptation, but God, who sanctifies us, as it says very clearly here, is showing us something more and something better which they would point to either uh, celibacy or to marriage. And that is a wonderful gift that he highlights, as it says in 1 Corinthians 6, that change is possible and and holiness is possible. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is exactly how we want to look at this. One, we could all fall into the sin. Two, change is possible to holiness, not, not to my desires. And, and three, it is all because of the blood of Jesus. Last thoughts before we move on, Pastor. Wow, wonderfully said. Yeah, no, I was not familiar with that ministry. That sounds like a, a wonderful, a wonderful approach to uh, you know wanting to 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 be along the lines of God's will rather than our own. I, I like that. Yeah, and so a reminder to our listeners: if you if you or others that you know are struggling with these temptations outside of husband and wife. Uh, go to your pastor. Um, Outpost Ministries in the Twin Cities is a ministry. Like I said, it is not Lutheran Church, Missouri, Synod. So there's things that we would not agree with. But it's something, first of all, pray for those who have these temptations to lead all of us away from temptation, O Lord, but also to look to your pastor um, to receive forgiveness and also to be directed to the Holy 
life, which we find in Christ. So, Pastor, holiness is what we're talking about. So, can we? Can uh, you have anything else before we get to the end of our chapter? Yeah, that's a good segue right into the last verses here. Let's do it. Verses twenty-two will go all the way to the end. You shall therefore keep all my statutes and all my rules and do them, that the land where I am bringing you to live may not vomit you out. And you shall not walk in the customs of the nation that I am driving out before you, for they did all these things, and therefore I detested them. But I have said to you, you shall inherit their land, and I will give it to you to possess a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the peoples. You shall therefore separate the clean beast from the unclean and the unclean bird from the clean. You shall not make yourselves detestable by beast or by bird or by anything with which the ground crawls, which I have set apart for you to hold unclean. You shall be holy to me for I am the Lord am holy and I am the Lord am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. A man or a woman who is a medium or a necromancer shall surely be put to death. They should be stoned with stones. Their blood should be upon them. So the desire for the, for the Lord and his people is holiness. How, do, how does he capture that? It's a unique. He kind of pulls us to a new direction here. How would you describe how he tells us to be holy and why it's important? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, He's talking about um, separating the clean beast from the unclean, the unclean bird from the clean. Um, that's what he does with us. He separates us from the unclean in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean that we're always totally unclean. It just means mm-hmm. that we are set apart. We are made holy as his people through the work of the one who kept the statutes, the laws, absolutely perfectly. And through him, uh, we will not die now. You surely will not be put to death at this point. So we move from, you know, we move from, uh, you know, the Lord speaking through Moses, all of these things uh, about death. I mean, we see uh, that all through those first passages of this chapter, um and then all of a sudden we come to, but now if you keep that, this is what happens. And so it's kind of like those meanings I was talking about, too. Here's what happens when you don't keep it. Uh, here's what's happening if you do keep these these uh, statutes. And um, he wants to walk with them. He wants them to walk with him to this land flowing with milk and honey. And, of course, for us, the land flowing with milk and honey that we're walking to is is that heavenly, eternal home with our Lord. And so uh, he's saying that uh, he's the one who wants to have the clean separated from the unclean. So that would be those who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, of course, uh, that are, have been made clean by his blood and by his sacrifice uh, so that we can live with our Lord forever. I did find it interesting. Um, I, I read another commentary that talked about how as the Lord is the great landlord, make sure you're not bad tenants. And so he's preparing them to go to Israel. He's preparing them uh, to, to the promised land, excuse me, and to go there and don't be like the people of old, the ones who would make child sacrifices, the ones who would do these sexual practices, um, those who would not go to the Lord, because you will be vomited out. I thought that was yeah. a great way of uh, <laughs> of describing it, where it's, yeah, here's the land, don't think 
that I will not send you away, which, as we see throughout Scripture, does happen. So that any thoughts on that perspective? I thought well, yeah, think, well, I mean, just think about it. I mean, it, the same holds true for, for, for any food. You know, if you, if you eat, if you've cleaned your food and it's nice and clean and it's fresh and you eat it and you swallow it, ah, oh, it's good, isn't it? It's, it's satisfying. But if you have an unclean piece of food somewhere and it's not quite right and it starts going down, your body will reject it and vomit it back out. And I get that image here, too, that if you are unclean, there is no way you're going to be part of the body of Christ. You're not going to be part of God's people. Uh, you're going to be vomited out, you know, because uh, you don't belong there, because the only ones who belong there are those who are made holy, those who have been made clean uh, in in God. And so, you know, to, to see that there, I thought that was a great image, because I know that things that I've eaten that are not quite right and usually start to go down um, and if it's not clean, uh, it can really make me sick. It can kill you, you know, literally. Well, and I, I, this is kind of a, a funny story, and we kind of joke about it in our family. Is a number of months ago, I can't remember what it was, but there was some old corn that we had put away, and me being the guy who's like, "Well, I don't want to waste any money, so I'm going to take those leftovers and eat it." Well, I had no idea how old that corn was, and I remember I I bit into it, instantly spit it out, and I remember I said, "That corn tastes like death. Oh, it's awful!" You know, and the kids just roared about that. They still talk about it. And there's that reality that we, um, uh, you don't, you don't want to be that. You don't want to be the old corn in the in the fridge. Is that he gives us very um, direct um, realities of being holy. Now, this comes into a distinction that Pastor Brian Wolfmuller made when we were in chapter 15, I believe is to be unclean. The unclean things does not mean sinful. For example, if a woman has a menstrual cycle that she would be unclean until the evening, it would talk about unclean does not necessarily mean sinful. Uh, and, it, and that's something that he definitely lays aside here is that clean beast and the unclean and so forth is that he's doing everything he can to not have another Nadab and Abihu situation where people are doing things they should not be doing, um, participating in unclean ways. And so that I see a lot of grace in this as well. He's given them the list, not only that you can stay in the land, but to say, I care enough about you to give you these guidelines. So any thoughts on that, that, that all of this is really a sign of grace from the Lord to show them um, how to be holy, and he does that out of love. Your thoughts? Well, I th- yeah, I think, well, I think here's where, you know, I'm, I've already been alluding to that, and that is to put on those Jesus goggles. Uh, because if you look at that in those eyes, you can see that the the clean and the holy, the, the, the holy part that, that, you know, he says, I am the, I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. And we know that Christ Jesus, of course, was totally and completely holy and pure uh, and, and became that holy and pure sacrifice for us so that we would be cleansed and made holy. So um, now, so how do we live now? You know, how do we live as God's people? Um now, because of what Christ Jesus has done for us, that we have now received his righteousness, his holiness, we now should want to live 
holy lives ourselves, motivated by this wonderful grace that uh, that has come to us through Christ Jesus, because He died for us, and He gave Himself totally for us to make us holy. We, in turn, now our desires move from the desires of our sinful flesh to the desires of wanting to follow Jesus, to follow God's will, and now we have a different positioning in all of these laws and rules and guidelines that God gives us, these statutes He gives us in His Word. There's a, a, a final, the final verse is really interesting to me. It's kind of like this little side note at the very end, but I think it represents something that was clearly very deep on people's hearts. Is verse 27, a man or woman who is a medium or a necromancer should surely be put to death. They should be stoned with stones or blood should be upon them. So he brings back, and we say this in Deuteronomy too, he brings back the medium and the necromancer kind of as that final little like cherry on top to remind them, by the way, this is a big, big deal. Any thoughts on that last little insertion that the Lord gives us today? Well, I think it, I think it reaches back uh, to the verses that we had earlier, too, you know, that it was actually speaking directly to them there in verses 6 and um and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, verse six, basically. I mean, that's that is the the, the verse. Um, it, it, I think it goes back too because he, he he uses that word whoring again back there uh, when he was talking about that. And it, God does; He's a jealous God. He does not want any any other gods uh, to be part of our life. Um, and he doesn't want anything that leads to other gods. And, and and those kinds of things can become a god. You know, we were talking about that earlier as well. You know, there's games and entertainment and so forth out there with this very thing, everything from Ouija boards to, you know, back in our day, uh, up into, um, uh, you know, these, these all these video games that are just a, a fascination about all of this. Um, when that starts to become uh, more important and more of a focus in our lives and um, pulls us away from our relationship with God and what he's asking us, and telling us to do, uh, we definitely not only need to repent, but uh, need to ask for His strength to overcome and to abstain um, through all that His Son has done for us, to really grab a hold of the grace that is ours in Christ Jesus for that kind of strength. Uh, Not that any of this, of course, will lead us to be holy, because only God does that uh, through through the life of Christ Jesus for us. As you said before, it is so important to remember that consecrate yourselves for I am the Lord God who sanctifies you. Pastor Curtis Dieterding of Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida, helping us uh, to be in God's strong word from Leviticus chapter 20. Pastor Dieterding, thank you again for the gifts. Yeah, so it's always a joy and thank you for for letting me be part of, of today's study. Thank you. Saints of our Lord, I think we say it says the best in the hymn 704 in our Lutheran service book, Renew Me, O Eternal Light. Renew me, O Eternal Light, and let my heart and soul be bright, illumined with the light of grace that issues from your holy face. Remove the power of sin from me and cleanse all my impurity, that I may have the strength and will, temptations of the flesh, to still. This is our hope that our Lord sanctifies us, He gives us the guidelines, he points us to truth, and he gives us everything in Christ. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands. 